Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome back to Check the Mark. I am Mark Lucero. Tuesday morning in Acapulco, headed back to Southern California in a few hours. We took a tough loss last night. I am a huge believer in learning from the matches you play. I think that matches give you the best real-time feedback into what you're doing. And one of my favorite things about being a coach is coming to a moment like this where things didn't quite go the way you want to go and then figuring out how you need to adjust, how you need to adjust your practices, how you need to adjust, you know, whatever it else is, you do game plans, etc. You know, when you haven't played a match in a while, you get some pretty instantaneous feedback about where you are and where you need to get to. So I'm excited for the challenge ahead. We've got a few days of work in LA when we get back and then it's going to be on to Miami. I always strive to get to the place where I don't really care about the result that's going to happen in the match. Obviously, I always want to win, but where I'm not emotionally tied to the result that day, I want to feel good about everything that's going on, about our preparation, about how the player is playing, and the results will take care of themselves in the big picture. A, a former coach that I used to work with a long time ago as a young coach, a mentor to me in some ways, you know, Ray Ruffles would always say, you're never as good as your best match. You're never as bad as your worst match. And we're just going to keep plugging away. It's all part of the process. And I think it's sort of a good thing for young players to remember. One last word about the process. You can't speed it up. You have to go through the steps, all of them, along the way. There's no skipping steps. So sometimes you got to go through those bad moments. It's like, you know, practice after taking a few days off. you got to go through a couple bad practices and get those bad reps out of the way to get to the good ones. Anyway, changing directions, I have a great interview going to drop for you guys today with Nicole Gibbs. Nicole Gibbs recently re announced her retirement from tennis. Her last match was actually in the Indian Wells Challenger a little over a year ago, just before the, <laughs> before the world imploded upon itself. Nicole reached a career high of 68 in the world in July of 2016. She made the third round of two Grand Slams, the Australian Open and the U.S. Open, Nicole won a number of titles at the ITF level and was a two-time NCAA singles champion at Stanford. I also worked with Nicole Gibbs a few different times over the course of her career as a junior player, late in high school, in and out during college, and then at the end of her pro career. Stay tuned for my interview with Nicole Gibbs after the break. We have a very special guest. Nicole Gibbs is joining me today. Nicole, welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So you put out your Instagram post maybe two weeks ago, sort of announcing that you had stepped away from the game after this pandemic. What went into the, you know, that post? What went into writing it and what was the process like? Yeah, I think, you know, it was a long time coming. I had been fairly aware that I wasn't going to get back out on the court um, since Indian Wells was canceled last year. There were there were a couple months where I was sitting with some uncertainty about whether I would try to make a comeback or not. Um, but I would say around midsummer, um, I had a lot of conviction around the fact that I wasn't going to come back to the court. So I had a good nine months to kind of think through that post. Um, and I, yeah, I think the timing just uh, struck me as really right. I had just finished my undergrad at Stanford, uh, gotten law school apps in, and just kind of sat down and was like, okay, now is the moment. Like, I feel comfortable. I feel ready um, to share that. So, uh, yeah, it, it came from the heart. Um, it was probably a little bit wordier 
um, than it needed to be, but uh, it's very it, on it brand. Really, <laughs> yes, um, it was it was really nice to kind of get that out there and and get some closure. Yeah, I, I was reflecting a lot about our relationship and and how far back you know we go to those Friday night hits at Live Oak Park <laughs> and. I was thinking about how I describe you to somebody that doesn't know you. And I came up with three words, aware, empathetic, and curious. And I saw those in your tennis with, you know, how you were trying different ways to get better, different playing styles, you know, pursuing the fitness route later in your career, trying to get really strong. And, and I see those same characteristics in the direction of where you want to go next. Where does that come from? Wow. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, that's really nice. But um, I think, you know, I think that comes ultimately from my family background. Um, I think, you know, my dad in particular had a really strong influence on me growing up. He definitely taught me to be curious and a critical thinker and someone who, um, you know, is aware and takes other people's uh, feelings and emotions and uh, all of that sort of stuff into account. Um, so, I, I think definitely the way that I was brought up um, just kind of had me wired that way. I think it had some advantages for my tennis career and some some maybe disadvantages as well, um, just being a little bit hyper aware sometimes. But I'm hoping that that will be more of an asset um, than a liability moving forward into this new chapter. Yeah. What's inspiring you? What's, you know, where's the motivation come from or, or what are you trying to uh... What are you trying to do? How are you trying to impact the people around you? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think it's it's evolving every day for me. Um, the way I look at it is, um, you know, pioneers in the sport of tennis, and especially women's tennis, have, you know, given me this really unique opportunity to be a young woman with a platform that I wouldn't have otherwise um, been able to amass by this period of time in my life, I don't think, by other means. And so um, just making sure that I'm putting that sort of privilege to work um, is what I've been telling myself. You know, I, I want to make sure that I'm advocating um, for people in causes that are close, close to my heart and just staying true to kind of my values and principles. And, um, you know, I, I know that's kind of vague right now, and I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I'm going to position myself to have the most impact, but that's definitely what's driving uh, the desire to go to law school, to uh, kind of switch gears and move into more of an advocacy role. I was thinking back, you know, when I told you I was thinking about how I describe you, I was thinking back to some of our practices and <laughs> memorable ones in particular. I, I can remember you running up the steps at Carson coming from the crossroads school, you know, one shoe in one hand, one sock <laughs> on one foot, maybe having two left shoes. <laughs> I was thinking about our practice at Hermosa, that one time when I flew that racket against the wall, we were having a tough day. <laughs> and uh, I think our relationship is so unique and, and all these practices I think about, they, they give me these huge smiles. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, we we go way, way back. And, I, you know, this, this period of time, this transition for me has brought back so many memories. And, you know, I think the number one thing I'm left with is just this, like, enormous amount of gratitude for the number of people um, you obviously included in that who have just been so consistent, stuck by me, been there with me through 
so many highs and lows. And since I was, you know, a, a teenage girl driving you crazy, making you throw your racket against the wall. Um, and I'm just so, so appreciative, I guess, of, of all of the influences that have been in my life. And, and it's just been really kind of crazy and emotional to reflect on over these past, you know, six to 12 months. So my first job out of law school, as you know, it was at Princeton and we had an athletic director who really tried to mentor young coaches like myself. And he talked a lot about Walt Whitman. Walt Whitman had a quote (laughs) in a poem called The Teacher of Athletes. There was a line that says, he most honors my style who learns under it to destroy the teacher. Basically about a teacher enabling the student to no longer need that teacher and to Mm. actually be better than the teacher. And, and it just reminds me of one of our last practices in Los Angeles. You, know, you were having a tough day. We were talking at the net. And you, in the middle of a, you know, of a rant, you called me out for not being present. And that was, and we sat down and I told you that why I was like that, that I was going to be a dad. And then you <laughs> became the person I think that I was for a long time. You were the one counseling me and giving me advice and being a sounding board. And that's something, you know, when I think back to my coaching career, Nicole, I'm so grateful, you know, for, for that moment because you, you helped me through, you know, a moment that where, where I didn't know how to feel, and, you know, you, you became that person for me, and, and that's just such, such a memorable moment. I, I think it was it was so appropriate for our relationship to come full circle in that moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I will definitely look back on that as like one of the most like profound and special moments like of my tennis career I think you know that that sounds kind of like crazy um but I I had a a really similar reaction to that where I was just like whoa you know it's one of those moments where you just like have a perspective shift and you know I'm I'm having you know whatever the issue is that day I don't feel good my forehand isn't working for me I'm not moving that well and then you know you hit me with something like so big and so life-changing and and it just, it injected that sort of like perspective of just like, oh, wait, you know, tennis isn't everything. There's like so much going on outside of it. And I, I do think like little moments like that, um, you know, kind of ironically ended up pushing me towards like making the transition that I'm making right now, because it's just like, you know, tennis is great and it's provided so much and created so many incredible relationships for me but like there is so much beyond that and like maybe it's time to start exploring it and it's been amazing to see kind of just in the last year as your friend like the ways that you've been exploring like a whole new world outside of tennis and um you know it's just really inspiring and beautiful to see so last question if you were to tell a young Nicole, that high school Nicole hustling down from Crossroads High, what advice would you give her today, knowing <laughs> what you know and what you've been through? Um, you know, keep keep doing what you're doing, I think, is, is the number one thing. Um, you know, I'm really proud of my young self for the amount of conviction I had for staying in school and, and maintaining a balanced lifestyle, at, sometimes at the expense of my physical and mental well-being. But... Um, <laughs> You know, uh, I I do think that I put myself on an early path um, to really, like, give myself so many options for not only my life in tennis, but my life after tennis, and and I really value um, those decisions that I made. Um, But at the same time, I would also tell myself to go to sleep a little bit earlier, that (laughs) you won't be nearly as emotional if you sleep seven hours. Um, I think I was averaging about five, and like you said, there were, like, 
the hair was everywhere. The the sneakers were like half on as I was getting to the court. So I was very frazzled during that time. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, keep trucking away, but get a little <laughs> bit more sleep, maybe leave a little bit earlier. <laughs> well, I, I feel I feel very prepared for the, you know, my six month old to become a teenage girl. I feel like I have all I have the best <laughs> crash course in uh in understanding <laughs> young girls but uh yeah Nicole, apologies I, for that <laughs> i first of all i can't wait till you babysit but I, i'm more excited about the role model that, that little isabella has in you and, and if she can grow up with you know role models like you who speak their mind who are high achievers and who try to do things at the highest level in all aspects of their life you know I'll be very happy. So I thank you on behalf of her and thanks for coming on the show. And, and again, I'm super grateful for our relationship and I can't wait to see what you do next. Wow. Thank you so much for saying that. And uh, I'm just waiting on the call for babysitting. Uh, whether you entrust me with her is a whole separate issue, but <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> That's it for Check the Mark. As always, find me on Apple Podcasts. Find me on Spotify. It's Check the mark. I am at Mark Lucero. Hit me up, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, whatever platform. Send me some feedback, and I will talk to you guys later, probably from Miami. Peace. <laughs>